That is how you do it. The Kansas City Chiefs with a big win over the Indianapolis Colts, 31-13. They're advancing to the AFC Championship game. They're one game away from a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm going to say that a lot this week. I'm just going to. That is exciting. Welcome into the Chiefs Zone Podcast. My name is Farzim Vesugi, and obviously the best episode in the history of this podcast. We are discussing a playoff win. Second playoff in we've ever covered in the history of this podcast. Second time ever. Uh, and it's the playoff win that's helping the Chiefs advance to an AFC title game. Again, first time ever an AFC championship game is coming to Arrowhead Stadium. This is awesome. I mean, it's just all the years of agony, defeat, embarrassment, heartbreak. Well, it feels like it's, it's, it's worth it at this point. Look, not every sports franchise or a sports town can have the success. I was going to say like a Patriots team, but maybe you kind of have to expand that a little, little bit more. Uh, in that area uh, with, with the city of Boston. I, I remember, uh, I, I think we discussed this before, I think a 15 or 16-year-old has witnessed, what, more than double-digit championship wins in Boston. Obviously, the city doesn't have that. The Royals won a World Series for the first time in 30 years, about, what, three and a half years ago. The Chiefs haven't won one since 1970, so... You don't have you don't get those moments often. Now look, maybe this Chiefs team does become like a Patriots team, and they go to a lot of Super Bowls over the next several years. Maybe they don't, and that's why you got to enjoy this ride while it lasts. Because after this weekend, there are going to be two teams from the AFC champion, or excuse me, two teams from the AFC remaining, and the other fourteen teams from the AFC that are not going to be participating with their uh, players, even their fans watching from home, they're all going to wish they were in Kansas City shoes or whoever the winner is for the Chargers and the the Patriots. They're all going to wish they had that. So enjoy this ride while you can. You got a lot lot of people in the uh, offseason and in the regular season and even in the uh, two weeks, including the bye week, leading up to this game, lots of Chiefs fans were, were skeptical. And look, you know, people can have their opinions. Uh, if you want to write the team off, fine. You know, you're allowed to do that. If you're if you're nervous, that that's okay too. It's understandable. Uh, sometimes history repeats itself. Fans uh, believe in those trends, uh, those jinxes, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, this Chiefs football team, whatever nerves you had, they're gone now. And let me say one other thing, because a lot of people I think are, a lot of Chiefs fans, I think are discrediting the Colts, because everyone's saying the Colts didn't play anyone, and I hate that. First of all, that's what Chiefs fans said about the Rams, which I thought was funny, because both the Rams and the Chiefs beat the Chargers. That was one common win those two teams had. So... If a team, quote-unquote, hasn't beaten anybody, I guess technically you can't accept it as a quality win if you beat them because they haven't beaten anybody. Therefore, you haven't beaten anybody. Uh, I I hate when fans do that, when they point that kind of stuff out, because to me it's like, all right, well, what are you doing? Are you just wanting to 
point out all their flaws because the more you do that, the more you say that they are a fluke team, you've got to be fair and say that your team is not going to get an impressive win here. It's, it's, it's not a quality win, so to say. And I cannot disagree more with that notion. The Colts belong here. They started 1-5. Nobody said they would be in the spot. Not only did they make it to the divisional round, they beat a division rival in the playoffs. Let me just put it to you this way. Think of the Chiefs' 1-5 start from a couple of years ago. You guys remember that. The Chiefs surged and won 10 in a row to make the playoffs. Now, they beat the Texans in the first uh, playoff game of the postseason that year, in the wild card round. But let's just say that was the Raiders or the Broncos, a, a team that won the division. If your team started 1-5 and five and they beat a division rival on the road in the playoffs, you're going to be ecstatic over that. Colts fans were ecstatic because of the 1-5 and five start and they beat a division rival on the road. Listen, you never underestimate any of the 32 teams in the NFL, especially divisional games, simply because players are just more fired up. They might publicly say, oh, look, it's, 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 it's like any other game. We don't care. That's BS, man. They always get fired up for these bigger games. They, they, they always feel that. It's, it's human nature to feel that way. It's not a bad thing, uh, but players don't want to publicly admit that. And at the end of the day, those Colts players, they were ecstatic coming into this week. They had some momentum riding into uh, the divisional round weekend because they came off a playoff win after a 1-5 start against our division rival. So uh, the, the Colts absolutely belong as one of the top eight teams, top eight remaining teams in the NFL or in the Elite Eight, if you would. So I don't like this whole notion of, oh, hey, let's let's uh, just say that the Colts haven't beaten anybody. Okay, well, then now as Chiefs fans, we can't accept this as a quality win, which, again, I disagree with the notion. I think the Chiefs picked up a quality win. This is a game where you had the top two quarterbacks in the NFL in terms of touchdown passes uh, is concerned. So th- this was no easy win for Kansas City. You're in the playoffs. The 12 teams that make the playoffs all belong there. I don't care if you're a 7-9 team. We have seen 7-9 teams in the playoffs win. And people want to say, well, uh, that's because they got to host a home game. That doesn't matter. Just because you are hosting a home game, I get it. In the playoffs, the home team, it's a raucous atmosphere because those fans are always more energetic. But that doesn't guarantee that you're going to win. Home teams... In, in the NFL playoffs have not always won. We've seen last week you saw a lot of teams on the road win during wild card weekend. So there's further proof right there that the road teams should not just be written off. It's never an excuse to lose if you go on the road. It's a very difficult thing to the Chiefs, and again, I get the Texans. The, the Texans had two weird seasons where they won the division, uh, the AFC South. But they did it with so many different quarterbacks that season, uh, yet they still won the division. And a lot of people said, well, the Chiefs only won that playoff game because they they, they had bad quarterbacks. So look, you, you can't take credit away from the Texans. They did what they needed to do. They won. They beat the teams that they were asked to beat, and they won enough games to win the division those years. So they got in, and when the Chiefs won a playoff game after a 1-5 start, they were asked to go on the road in the playoffs 
and play the Texans, and they shut them down in that game, 30 to nothing, 31 nothing or 30 nothing, I can't remember the exact score, but you get, you get the idea, that's not the point, the score's not the point, the point is they went out there on the road, and they pitched a shutout win, so let's understand that the Colts absolutely belong in the Elite Eight conversation, before I forget, facebook.com slash farzimasugin, that is a Facebook page, give it a like, follow me on Facebook, I did the Facebook Live videos at halftime and after the game. I appreciate all of you guys who joined for those Facebook Live videos. I asked you guys during the Facebook Live videos if you guys want a Facebook Live video for the Chargers and the Patriots game. A lot of you guys said yes. So, because that game has, obviously, significance uh, to the Chiefs, obviously it's going to determine who the Chiefs play in the AFC Championship game. Therefore, we're going to do a Facebook Live video. So join me at halftime and after the game. Won't be as extensive as I do for the Chiefs ones, and it probably won't be as long, so do keep that in mind. But we will do a podcast tomorrow recapping the Chargers and Patriots divisional round game, and obviously that will set up the AFC Championship game. Not going to do a preview necessarily, but we're just going to do a uh, just basically a recap of that game. So you got this podcast, you got another podcast tomorrow, and then the day after another podcast. That podcast we will be having Matt uh, Derrick. I almost said Matt Miller, Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest. He will be joining us on the podcast on Tuesday, and then on Thursday, Charles Goldman. Of the Chiefs Wire, which is part of USA Today, he will be joining us. Uh, again, that is going to be on Thursday's episode to help us preview the game between the Chiefs and whoever the winner will be between the Chargers and the Patriots. Leading up to the game, uh, I know the weather was insane. Hope you guys were all safe. I, I saw a few accidents on TV. I know all the local news stations, uh, they had a lot of fun broadcasting at Arrowhead Stadium. They even sent their weather guys out there. Uh, I mean, they, they cover the thing uh, like crazy, and they kept showing all those uh, all those camera shots of the highway on 435 and I-70, so that was obviously uh, an insane morning, uh, insane Saturday morning. Props to all the grounds crew uh, at the Chiefs and also all the uh, crew workers on the roads uh, in the Kansas City area trying to do their best. It was a, it was a pretty crazy snowfall. I know St. Louis had it uh, pretty bad. I believe it's going to be crazy in the Boston area for the Chargers and the Patriots game. So we're going to see two frigid uh, playoff games this weekend. So uh, that, that'll be very interesting to see how they try to uh, keep the field clear and also try to uh, keep the roads clear in that area. So going to be very interesting to see. But uh, props to the fans. They showed up. They came out. They filled up the stadium. Uh, when a lot of fans probably could have made the safer decision to stay home because of the fear of how things are going on the roads, but obviously crew workers, knowing that a lot of people wanted to go to this game, they did everything they could to make the road safe. So that was awesome to see. And of course, Arrowhead, uh, Rockets, and one more game at Arrowhead. It's going to be the biggest game in Arrowhead Stadium history. There's never been an AFC Championship game in Kansas City, and now you're getting your first one ever at home in the history of the franchise. Uh, so, and again, it's going to be the final home game of the year, win or lose. So, uh, it's going to be really fun to have it. And, uh, I mean, you have 12 home games, you got the two preseason games, eight regular season games, and then the two postseason games. So you got all of the, all of the home games possible this year for the chiefs. 
Now, again, leading up to the game, uh, it was reported overnight by uh, Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. Eric Berry not expected to play. Jordan Lucas started in his position. He started four games this year against the Patriots, the Bengals, the Broncos, and in Week 17 against the Raiders. He had 262 defensive snaps. He also had 218 special team snaps. So some significant playing time this year from Jordan Lucas as a a starter in, in, in four games and also playing a lot as a uh, safety in rotation, but mostly uh, getting most of his uh, uh, playing time as a special teams player. Spencer Ware was not expected to play in this game. That was reported about a few hours before the game. Uh, They tested his hamstring in pregame just to make sure, but uh, they pretty much figured that he was not going to play uh, a few hours before the game. Sammy Watkins did play, and I do want to get into that later because I think we've learned whose absence really hurt the Chiefs the most? Was it Kareem Hunt or was it Sammy Watkins? And that definitely gave us the answer to our question in this football game. To open up the game, the Colts uh, started with the football. The Chiefs won the toss. They deferred, so the Colts received first. The Chiefs defense forced a three and out. They did get a little lucky, a little bit lucky on that opening drive because Andrew Luck did throw a pass, and I think it was to Eric Ebron. I think it was on third down. I can't remember, but it was a dropped pass right in the middle of the field, which was right beyond the uh, first down marker. And that should have been a first down, but it wasn't. So the Chiefs get the football, and they just flat out dominated on a very short drive that took them 2 minutes and 59 seconds, almost 3 minutes. Mahomes went 3 for 3 on that drive on a uh, throwing for 61 yards including a 35-yard catch and run play to Sammy Watkins, his first reception back uh first time playing since the Rams Monday Night Football game where he only played a couple of snaps on the opening drive of that game and that was it from Sammy Watkins. Damian Williams, he had two carries on that drive. He capped off the drive with a 10-yard touchdown run. Uh, Very impressive game from Damian Williams. I want to get into him later. 30 total touches for him in this football game. But the Chiefs kicked the football back to Indianapolis, forced another three and out, uh, and the Chiefs scored another touchdown. And by this point, the Chiefs, they were just flat out dominating the Indianapolis Colts. Four possessions, 12 plays, and zero first downs allowed for the Indianapolis Colts. And the Chiefs just continued to dominate in the first half. The defense pitched a shutout uh, against the Colts offense. The only mishaps we had in the first half, there was that block punt uh, that a defender got in through the middle of the field. I can't remember who it was that allowed the uh, defender to slip through, but he got in the middle of the field, blocked Colquitt's punt, and it pretty much rolled into the end zone. All they had to do was pick it up at that point. And the Colts got on the scoreboard finally. So it was 17-7 at that point. And they were just looking for a spark. Something to get going at that point. But good news about that. The Chiefs were getting the football back. And the Chiefs responded with a touchdown drive right there. And you saw Patrick Mahomes run it in himself on that play right there. So the Chiefs, three rushing touchdowns at this point. They were up 24-7. to And then the Colts offense started to get going. They finally got a first down inside two minutes in the first half. Uh, The last two minutes of the game, I should say. Uh, Now, here's the thing. The Colts went 70 yards inside the last two minutes. But Adam Vinatieri missed a chip shot field goal. 
hitting the goalpost, which seems to be uh, a pattern, a bit of a trend in this postseason. By the way, that's Vinatieri's shortest miss of his career, according to Al Michaels during the broadcast. So Vinatieri missed that. The Chiefs have a 24-7 lead going into halftime. And in the second half, things weren't as crazy. The Chiefs did go uh, on a long drive uh, where they went for it on fourth down, but they turned it over. I'll get into that a little bit later. Second half, again, not a lot of great offensive gameplay here. Uh, Sammy Watkins caught a pass but fumbled it, and it was recovered by the Colts at the 20-yard line, giving the Colts great field position. However, a couple of plays later, D. Ford responded with a big play, uh, sacking Andrew Luck and forcing a fumble while being held. The referees missed the holding call, and D. Ford went in there, forced the fumble, uh, he got a sack in this game and a forced fumble. As mentioned, Justin Houston recovered that fumble. And in addition to that for Justin Houston, he had a pair of sacks that he added to his afternoon on Andrew Luck. Defense played very good in this football game. Steven Nelson, Shaverius Ward, they allowed a couple of big plays in this football game. But for the most part, they played very well. They limited those pass catchers for the Indianapolis Colts. T.Y. Hilton, he had four catches for 60 yards and a touchdown. Dontrell Inman, Four grabs for 55 yards, and Eric Ebron, the tight end, who's had a, a really a, a great season for the Colts. Five grabs, 51 yards. Uh, Colts receivers, pass catchers, tight ends, wide receiver, whatever you want to call them, uh, they've been great all year, but they were they were in check in this football game. And the Chiefs secondary deserves a lot of credit for it. The Chiefs pass rush was there on a few plays, but it's not like they were hurting Andrew Luck all game long. And in fact, in the first half, you had Chris Jones deflect the pass, and then on the next play, you had Justin Houston deflect the pass. Uh, So it's not like these guys were actually getting around these offensive linemen and stacking Andrew Luck constantly. He he was only sacked three times in this football game, which against his Chiefs defensive front, that's not bad, I guess. But uh, it, it was more so the Chiefs defensive front getting a hand on some of these passes from Andrew Luck, and then the Chiefs defensive backs not letting these receivers come up with any big plays. Charverius Ward made a very nice play in the second half, deflecting a pass, and I can't remember who was it was intended for. I want to say it was maybe T.Y. Hilton or Dontrell Inman, one of those two guys, and Andrew Luck just had a hard time connecting with his players. I'll read you his stat line later, but these defensive backs for Kansas City played a very good football game, especially those cornerbacks, and they the, the, the cornerbacks, I think their gameplay has been a little bit overshadowed their good gameplay. Maybe it's because of the really poor gameplay from the inside linebackers and the safeties, although they played a little bit better in this football game. The whole defense played better, and you got to give a lot of credit to Bob Sutton. I'll always give credit to anyone who we criticize the most, and Bob Sutton's one of those guys. So got to give credit to that Chiefs defense and how they showed up in this football game. And I'll touch on Bob Sutton later because he deserves a lot of love on this episode. A lot of love on this episode and a lot of love from you Chiefs fans. There's ever a time that we got to love Bob Sutton. It's on this episode right here. But this Chiefs offense, uh, excuse me, Chiefs defense did a very good job. Marlon Mack ran for 46 yards off nine carries. That's actually not bad. In fact, that's great. That's a 5.1 yard per carry average. The problem is the nine carries. He didn't run the ball a whole lot. He ran 24 times for 148 yards last week because the Colts dominated the Texans. They got off to a 21-0 start. And the Texans, they just got a touchdown in the second half. That's it. The Colts never trailed in that football game. The The Colts tried to get the ball going with Marlon Mack. They wanted to keep 
Marlon Mack on the hot run, so to say, because they wanted to, and they also knew that the Chiefs' run defense was bad. They knew they could get off to a good start with him, or at least that's what they thought. Not the case. The Chiefs' defense showed up to play. They forced lots of three and outs early in the game, and that forced them to pretty much abandon the running game. That's why you didn't see Marlon Mack run the football a whole lot. The Colts were forced to go pass heavy pretty much the rest of the game once it got lopsided. Now, I want to switch over to the other side of the ball with the Chiefs offense, which was a ton of fun to watch in this football game. Almost like the, I've got to say, this team, this this game was really a mirror image of that Chiefs and Raiders game two weeks ago. And I know a lot of people are going to say it's the Raiders, but folks, the Raiders are actually a really good offensive football team. Derek Carr, there's a reason why he went, what, 11 games in a row without an interception? That's not an easy thing to do. We praised Alex Smith for being able to go for a long period of time without being able to throw an interception. And that's what Derek Carr did. And he threw a couple against the Chiefs in that Week 17 game. So the Chiefs, they play, they played two good offenses. And having the home crowd behind you, that obviously helps. That's a part of it. And that's why you win them as many as you can in the regular season. That way you can have home field advantage. That's a, there's a reason why they create that in the NFL. They create the rules in that way. Where if, whereas if you have the best record in your conference, then you get all the home games in your conference as long as you keep winning, which is the case for the Chiefs. But that Chiefs offense, man, that was a lot of fun to watch. It really was. You look at what they were able to do. Patrick Mahomes, great game from him. Statistically, it might not look like it, but still did a really good job. 27 of 41 passing for 278 yards. No touchdowns in this game from Patrick Mahomes. No touchdown passes, that is. No interceptions. Was sacked four times in this game, but that didn't hurt the Chiefs too badly in this football game. The worst one was on the fourth down play, which I I addressed. I'll get into that in a moment. Damian Williams, hell of a day for this guy. 25 carries, 129 yards, one touchdown. Tyreek Hill also had a 36-yard run uh, for a touchdown in this football game on a sweep. Patrick Mahomes, he ran in for a touchdown, as I mentioned earlier. He had two rushing touchdowns in the regular season. Daryl Williams got in on the fun with a rushing touchdown as well to help seal the deal for the Kansas City Chiefs. As expected, Travis Kelsey gashed through this Colts defense that's struggled against tight ends this year. Seven catches for 108 yards. Tyreek Hill had eight grabs. For 72 yards. Let me say this about Tyree Kill. I'll just address this real quickly as a punt returner. Gotta be very careful on some of his decision making with punt returns. He hasn't really learned from that yet. Look, Tyree Kill's a dangerous returner. He really is. But the problem with Tyree Kill in this uh, in this area of special teams is he tends to I think he thinks too highly of himself to the point where he wants to return every punt possible and that's just not realistic Dante Hall was not able to take every kickoff or punt back he couldn't certain times you just had to take the L on this one and say hey look it's a lost cause we can't go out there and and make any big plays with this we gotta either let it roll in the end zone or or, or take a knee in the end zone or just let the punt roll uh because sometimes they have a good punt and the the special teams defense is right there uh, the thing about Tyree Kill is he fumbles a lot on, on punt returns when he tries to catch it and, and move immediately when he and again he's a quick guy but sometimes he thinks a little bit ahead of time kind of like Dwayne Bow with the drops he's thinking immediately about the runs after the catch rather than maintaining possession of the ball 
You've seen that with Tyreek Hill. Also in the Rams' Monday Night Football game when he was wanting to field every punt possible and it actually forced him and his body with his with his momentum from the speed just forced him to go further back. And I remember Rams fans were roaring when they saw him forced to almost run back to the end zone to field a punt and to maintain possession and then try to run it back. You've, you've got to be careful on certain decisions right there. He did fumble on a partner turn here, but thank goodness Traymond Smith was right there to recover that. Uh, but back to the offense, Sammy Watkins, he also got in on the fun. Six grabs for 62 yards. Damian Williams had five catches to add to his busy day, and he had 25 yards through the air in addition to having 129 yards on the ground. So a very good game for Damian Williams. Let me quickly say this about... Sammy Watkins, because I think a lot of people had their questions about this Chiefs team. And ever since Sammy Watkins got hurt, the Chiefs, obviously they lost to the Rams in that football game. And then during that bye week, we, well, I mean, after the bye week technically, but during that two-week break, you get what I'm trying to say. That is when the Kareem Hunt incident, the, 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 the video surfaced, and that's when they released him. So the absence of Kareem Hunt and Sammy Watkins happened around the same time. And a lot of people wondered, because you're losing Kareem Hunt and the ability he has as a running back, rarely fumbling the football, he only fumbled on his very first uh, snap in the NFL against the Patriots, if you remember that game, uh, and never fumbled ever again. And a lot of people wondered, can the Chiefs be able to, to move on without him? And the Chiefs offense, they took a bit of a step back. Not not a noticeably big step. I think if you follow the team, the offense very closely, you probably noticed it. But I think from an outsider standpoint, I don't think anybody noticed uh, that because you hear about Patrick Mahomes in the 50 touchdowns and 5,000 passing yards. But when you saw Sammy Watkins back, it really did expand the offense. Again, I'm going to read you the stat line one more time. And I'll say it again because I know I, I probably sidetracked everybody with the Tyree Kill punt return talk. So I'll repeat it one more time. Kelsey had 7 catches for 108 yards. Hill had 8 catches for 72 yards. Watkins had 6 for 62 yards. Your 3, the big 3 pass catchers for the Chiefs, Kelsey, Hill, and Watkins, all had very good games through the air. Kelsey had a 100-yard receiving game. Uh, Hill had more than 70 yards. And Watkins had more than 60 yards. So this offense with Patrick Mahomes... You're able to do quite a lot in this football game. And there was another thing where the Colts completely struggled with, and that just added to Kansas City's success. And that was the Chiefs' offensive line, which I was very impressed with, in addition to the defense. Eric Fisher, he did commit back-to-back penalties uh, on back-to-back plays, I, I should say. Cameron Irving, he also had two penalties in this football game. But for the most part, this Chiefs' offensive line... They dominated. They really did. The four sacks on the stat sheet, it may not show it, but Mahomes had a lot of time to throw in this football game. He really did. And this offensive line, they paved the way for the running backs in this game, more so for Damian Williams as he had the ball 25 times and, again, 129 yards. I mean, that right there is a very very telling stat of just how dominant his day was. And I think that alone just tells you the offensive line did their job in this football game. They really did. And again, if you just look at the stat sheet, you may see the four sacks right there, but I don't think that tells the story fairly because Patrick Mahomes did have a lot of time to throw the football, a lot of time in the pocket. In fact, I don't recall Patrick Mahomes 
having to move around a whole lot outside to, to go outside the pocket. He was calm and collected, stayed in the pocket, moved around a little bit, didn't shift one way uh, left or right to try to look for a wide open guy. He did that a couple of times, as any quarterback would have to uh, on, in any given game. Uh, but w- we saw Mahomes do it a lot in previous games, whereas in this playoff game, we didn't see him do that much. Didn't see him do that much. Now, again, this is something the Colts struggled with, and I discussed this on the Facebook Live video. I didn't want to discuss the details of this because that would have taken up too much time at halftime. But the Colts struggled with the RPO, and for those who are not familiar with the term RPO, it stands for run-pass option. And I think that's a term that's kind of come to light over the last year. Uh, Here is the Google definition of the RPO. The RPO is a simple concept that creates complex problems for the defense, As offensive linemen block for a running play, the quarterback reads the reaction of a specific defender, usually a linebacker, to determine whether he will hand off or throw a quick pass. So in other words, if and this this was the case in this football game, if Patrick Mahomes is in the shotgun or if he's under center, and generally it would be smart to be under shotgun in these situations, he'll take a look at the defense and how they're lined up. He'll snap the football... He'll hand it off to Damian Williams, Daryl Williams, whoever's in the backfield. And then while he stretches his arm out to give the football to Williams, he'll quickly look at the linebackers and see how they're lined up. And if he sees something he likes, he'll keep the football, not take his hands away, and not let Damian Williams run the football. And he'll quickly throw it to either Tyree Kill or Sammy Watkins or maybe uh, Travis Kelsey if you've got him wide open somewhere. So that's what the run-pass option is. I hope I was able to explain that a little bit clearly. Basically, the offensive line, they have one job. They're simply going as run blockers. And the defense reacts to that. But they're thrown off because Patrick Mahomes is reading the defense and he's making a quick decision right there on what to do. Now, let's add in the fact that Patrick Mahomes is this freak-of-nature athlete who throws sidearm passes and no-look passes, and defenses just have no answer for that. So now you've got two issues right here. You've got the RPO issues, and then you've got Patrick Mahomes and these weird throws that he makes. Uh, They were showing the touchdown pass. NBC did a great job analyzing this. They showed the long uh, touchdown pass to Demarcus Robinson in the Raiders game. Patrick Mahomes left both his feet and in midair throws the football to Demarcus Robinson. You generally don't see quarterbacks do that because their their body's kind of wobbly. It's a really awkward position to be in, in in trying to throw a football, and it's just not going to go well for those guys. For Patrick Mahomes, that's not the case. And having that baseball background, uh, and of course his dad playing pro baseball for the New York Mets, that obviously helps, and teams have not been able to stop that. A lot of people talk about the fact that, okay, sure, maybe a guy like Tim Tebow or Lamar Jackson, they do something for a period of time. And I think Colin Kaepernick maybe even fell into this uh, category as well. And then once you figure out this guy's style of play, maybe you figure it out and you watch it on game film, you study it, you, you, you practice and prepare for it, and then you stop him on game day. Now I don't. I would love to know the details as to how defensive coaches are preparing for a guy like Patrick Mahomes. 
I mean, you look at Brian Flores, uh, the defensive coordinator. Not that anyone on the Patriots coaching staff has the defensive coordinator title, but if it's anyone, it's Brian Flores. And this is me assuming that it's going to be the Patriots on champ- uh, for Championship Sunday next weekend. But whoever the whoever the Chiefs are going to play, and whoever they have played over this over the course of the season, how are defensive coordinators preparing for Mahomes with those side? And maybe you don't prepare for that kind of stuff. Listen, h- how did teams prepare for guys like Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, in their playing careers? I mean, those guys did things that. No other basketball player was able to do. And on top of that, they were hard to stop. You didn't see a lot of teams finding ways to win because they completely shut them down. Sure, they had their quiet games now and then, but not on a consistent basis you saw that. And I've seen that more with Patrick Mahomes. Maybe he doesn't have touchdown passes. Like in this football game, he had zero touchdown passes. But he still sling the football in ways that we've seen him do it all year long impressively, but still defenses are not able to figure it out. And again, I'm curious if it is the Patriots because you know Bill Belichick is a mastermind with these kinds of things. He just is. So how does he prepare for that or the Chargers defensive coaching staff? How do they prepare for that against Patrick Mahomes? That's what I want to know. I'd be curious to know how defenses try to prepare for that kind of thing. And I think that that'll be a conversation we can have with scouts sometime down the road. Obviously, we got a couple of uh, scouts who we're friends with on the podcast that we can bring on. I think that would be a very intriguing conversation to have. Uh, that's obviously not, not something I am qualified to discuss in great detail, uh, but I, it does kind of get you thinking, uh, what if you are a team getting ready for Mahomes? I mean, wh- wh- what goes through your mind as a fan? Because if you're watching all these playoff games right now, let's say you're the Rams who defeated the Cowboys. Let's say you're uh, the Eagles or the Saints, whoever advances, and you're following all these other games as fans, and you're watching the Chiefs, you're probably thinking to yourself, this might be the most difficult team to stop offensively. Oh, and by the way, their defense woke up against a guy who was second in the NFL on touchdown passes. Imagine that. Now again, the Chiefs were fairly quiet in the second half. Not a lot of big plays from either team, actually. But they managed to get a touchdown late in the game from Daryl Williams to seal the deal and advance. The Colts, like I said, uh, they they got the touchdown pass on offense. Their first, uh, or excuse me, no, that was their, uh, yeah, 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 no, I take that back. That was the first offensive touchdown of the game. The first score the defense allowed. Uh, but Adam Vinatieri missed the PIT. Just a really bad day for Adam Vinatieri in this football game. The Colts just had no answer for the Chiefs. They just didn't. And the Chiefs basically had it their way the entire first half and for most of the second half, both offensively and defensively. Chiefs defense allowed six points in this game. They allowed 26.3 points per game on the year. Now, I know the 26.3 points per game, that includes defensive and special teams touchdown plays. So look, I I guess to be fair, I'll go ahead and include the touchdown from the block punt. The Chiefs allowed 13 points in this game, okay? They allowed 13 points. The Colts were expected to score a lot more. Everybody took the over on how many points both teams would, would combine for, and we weren't even close to that. 
Everyone thought this was going to be a high-scoring game. Wasn't even close to that. Andrew Luck and this Colts high-powered offense, they've been very hard to stop. And the Chiefs' terrible defense, of all defenses, stopped them. As a matter of fact, it needs to be brought to light that the Colts, there's only been one time in the regular season where they had fewer than 13 points in a game, and that was against the Jaguars on the road when they lost 6-0. to So the 13 points that the Chiefs held them to, that's the second fewest the Colts have scored in a game this year. So you look at the Colts and what they've been able to do offensively, they only got six points. Out of Vinatieri missed a field goal. He probably should have had the, the PAT and that chip shot field goal. So the Colts should have had 10 points, uh, essentially from their offense. I know the field goal, that, that all comes from special teams and all, but the offense did enough to set you up for a field goal before halftime. And of course, the PAT right there, not, not necessarily the offense's fault. So they got kind of got screwed over on, on some of the points here. And, you know, that, that could have changed momentum. That could have changed how the Chiefs strategize certain things. For the second half. You never know. But not the case. Uh, Just a great game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Really was. Got lucky on some plays. And that happens sometimes. Look. The Chiefs have been on the other side too. Where they have missed field goals. Dwayne Bowe would drop key passes passes that should have been caught. And at the end of the day. You don't apologize for that. uh, If you're the defense. That's uh, something that happens in the sport. And you take advantage. And you try to score off of their mistakes. That's what the Chiefs did in this football game. Not only did they dominate, they took advantage of Indy's mistakes and they just increased their lead as the game went on. Very good game. Andy Reid and Bob Sutton, man. Hell of a coaching job by these two. These two guys are my MVPs. I don't care if they're coaches and not players. They're my MVPs for this game, man. Especially Bob Sutton. Let me start with Andy Reid. Andy Reid was aggressive as hell in this game. What did I say on the podcast? I said, it doesn't matter what we say about the offense, what we say about the defense, what we say about special teams. This game will come down to how aggressive and smart of a coach Andy Reid is. He was exactly that in this game. He was aggressive. For the most part, he was smart. The Chiefs fired on all cylinders offensively. That's why they had a 24-7 to lead at halftime. My only issue with Andy Reid, the Chiefs were a little too aggressive. They were 3-for-4 on 4th down. And I had no problem with the Chiefs going for it on 4th and 5 in the second half. My issue was the decision making during those couple of plays right there. It was 3rd and 10, the Chiefs got a free play, and Mahomes fires in the end zone on a 50-50 ball to Tyree Kill, which he normally does not win that battle because of his height disadvantage, and that ended up being picked off, but obviously brought back because of the uh, offsides penalty. So the Chiefs, they got the ball back, 3rd and 5 this time, and Mahomes fires a shot deep for Travis Kelsey very close to the end zone. You only need 5 yards here. Then on 4th and 5, Mahomes got sacked, but still had time in the pocket. He appeared to be looking deep down the field the whole time. It didn't look like he was looking 5 or 10 yards ahead, just enough to get a first down. He wanted something way beyond 5 yards. Look, I get it. This Chiefs team, 
They've done a great job with deep passes. I said it in the preview podcast. Uh, I compared uh, Patrick Mahomes and his uh, 40-plus yard passes to Andrew Luck's. Mahomes has 15. Luck had 7. Those 15 plays of 40-plus yards, that's third most in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger tied first with 16, each one more than Mahomes. So I get it. The Chiefs do throw it along quite a lot with this offense. But look, when you're in the playoffs and when certain things are just not going your way, on a fourth down play especially, just do enough to get the first down at at that point. And I think the Chiefs were trying a little too hard there. That's I'm just nitpicking here. Just be understand that. Uh, but I think that could be a key problem for the Chiefs if they repeat that mistake again next weekend in the AFC Championship game against the Chargers or the or the uh, Patriots. That was my only issue with Andy Reid. Again, uh, that that whole fourth down attempt right there where they missed. Reminded me of the Raiders game two weeks ago when the Chiefs were up 21-0 and they go for it on fourth and goal when you're up 21-0. Take your points, man. You're already having a great game against the Raiders offense. You never know if they could go on a roll, so take the points while you can. Now, they didn't end up hurting the team that bad. They did get a field goal off that drive where they turned the ball over on downs, but still, you took care of business and you beat the Raiders in a blowout fashion, so no big deal. That's the worst of it. Now, Bob Sutton, on the other hand, man, uh, you just got to give credit to him. The Chiefs defense kept giving Andrew Luck trouble. 19 of 36 passes. Andrew Luck was held to below 20 completions twice in the regular season and also was held to fewer than 20 completions last week when he went 19 of 32 in the win over Houston last week. Didn't end up mattering too much because it was a blowout game, but... Uh, you don't see that a whole lot from Andrew Luck being held to uh, twenty uh, fewer than 20 completions. So great job by Bob Sutton and everyone on this defense just not letting Andrew Luck dominate the way he did in this football game. A uh, very good game for this Chiefs team. Penalties in this game, great for the Chiefs. Six penalties for Kansas City, 54 yards. Not bad compared to how it's been all year long. The Colts... 10 penalties for 70 yards. Patrick Mahomes really killed it with all of those hard counts right there that just kept getting the Colts to jump over the line of scrimmage. That was a lot of fun to see. The Chiefs dominated time of possession, by the way. 39 minutes and 49 seconds to the Colts. 20 minutes and 11 seconds, so nearly double the amount uh, of time of possession. By the way, here's a fun stat. The Colts were 0 for 9 on third down in this game. The Chiefs were 3 of 4 on 4th down. By the way, the Chiefs were 4 of 14 on 3rd down. That's not great, but the Chiefs almost had as many conversions on 4th down as they did on 3rd down. Kind of of an odd stat right there. Whatever it is about 4th down, the Chiefs seem to be doing a good job on 4th down this season. Very good on 4th down, especially in this game. 3 of 4, and I think that one that we talked about, uh, I think the Chiefs were trying a little too much there when all they needed was 5 yards. And this, look... This Chiefs offense is more than capable of getting five yards. So that, that was the only thing I was disappointed with. But again, didn't impact the game too much as the Chiefs went on to win. 31-13. And they are advancing to the AFC Championship game. And they will host 
an AFC Championship game for the first time ever in the history of the franchise. First time ever Arrowhead Stadium will have an AFC Championship game. Most, most important game ever in Arrowhead Stadium. AFC Championship game history for the Chiefs. Last time they played, January 23rd, 1994. Joe Montana was the quarterback. And it was at Buffalo on the road. They lost that one. Before that, it's been a while. It was the AFC Championship game on January the 4th, 1970. They beat the Oakland Raiders on the road. And that allowed them to advance to the Super Bowl against the Vikings. Of course, they won that Super Bowl, Super Bowl IV. The AFC Championship game on January the 1st, 1967 against Buffalo. That was also on the road. This was back when only four teams made the playoffs, or rather two from the AFL. This was obviously before the merger, so they had the AFL championship game. Uh, I don't think they called it the AFC championship game back then, so it was just the game between the Chiefs and Bills, the only two teams from the AFL that made the playoffs. So uh, the Chiefs were already in the AFC championship game technically uh, that year once they made the playoffs, so... Obviously, that's not how they do things anymore. You have more teams in the playoffs now. When they did win the Super Bowl in 1970, they, there were more games, more more teams from the playoffs, or that got into the playoffs, rather. Uh, so you had that much different game now. By the way, going back to the game one moment, uh, this is a tweet from Matt Connor of Arrowhead Attic, who we just had on the podcast this week. He wrote, Nothing went as expected for the Chiefs. Zero touchdown passes for a guy who had 50 on the season. Colts offensive line celebrated as NFL's best... Gives up tons of pressure, which I I don't know if I would agree with that. I, I I mean they did get there at times, but it was more so, I think just the inability for luck to. I mean there were times where he dealt with pressure, but also with the defensive front swatting some passes. Uh, he wrote special teams committed big gaffes for the Chiefs. Most penalized team in the NFL looked disciplined, obviously referring to Kansas City. Bob Sutton calls a good game. And the cornerbacks for the Chiefs were lockdown cornerbacks in this game, obviously referring to Steven Nelson, uh, Charvarius Ward, and even uh, Tremont Smith, who had uh, a hand on some uh, defensive plays uh, at that cornerback position uh, on Saturday. So that was good to see. Here's another crazy fact. Mahomes and Luck, they combined for 89 touchdown passes, the top two leaders in that category this year. They combined for only one in this game, and that one came from Andrew Luck. And by the way, speaking of Mahomes, he joins Len Dawson, Steve DeBerg, Joe Montana, and Alex Smith as one of five quarterbacks in the history of the franchise to start a game in the playoffs and win in the postseason. In fact, Mahomes is the first quarterback to be drafted by the team and to win a playoff game for the franchise. So that is the first time you have seen that. Last thing uh, before we uh, start wrapping things things up here, Chris Jones had an epic tweet last year. So about this time last year, when the Patriots and Jaguars were playing in the AFC Championship game, Chris Jones tweeted, quote, tagging the Chiefs, we will be here next year, save this tweet. So I decided to resurface that tweet and remind everyone that Chris Jones tweeted this. And here he is. Chris Jones kept his promise of going to an AFC Championship game. Now, real quickly, Chiefs are going to be playing against either the Chargers or the Patriots. I'm just going to say right now, I I know I've, I a lot of people would ask me who is the easier team to play, and I and I saw someone tell me that the uh, that the Patriots would be easier to play because they're the lesser team and the Chargers are better. Look. 
People said that about the Eagles last year. People said that about the Giants the two times they won the Super Bowl against the Patriots. So I'm not going to sit here and say who's easy because if they're easy, why the hell do they get to the spot that they're in? I think the Chiefs are capable of beating both teams, but I'll say this. I want to play the New England Patriots. And here's why. It's more of a resume kind of thing. And I think as Chiefs Chiefs fans, excuse me, it would be a little bit more enticing too to see Mahomes versus Brady. Legendary QB versus the new kid on the block. A guy who could have a successful career like Brady. But here's the thing, man. As Ric Flair would say, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And what I'm referring to is the fact that the New England Patriots have dominated this conference as well as the NFL over the past, what, 18 years? The Patriots have been, they have won eight AFC Championship games under Brady and Belichick. Eight AFC Championship games. I want the Chiefs to dethrone the team that has dominated this conference. The team that has won the AFC Championship game the last two seasons. The team that has just dominated their division in the AFC East. Which obviously the Chiefs have no relevancy in. But the team that has dominated this conference. And the team that's dominated the NFL. If you want to win an AFC Championship game and a Super Bowl, let's beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. I want that matchup at Arrowhead. And look, the Chargers, that would be enticing too because you've got two division rivals. The two teams from the AFC West are in the Final Four for the NFL playoffs in the Conference Championship game. But I want it to be the Patriots because look, as fun as it would be to play a division rival... And to maybe win the season record. I don't care so much about that man. I really don't. I want to play the team that has dominated this conference. Let's beat the team that's been the best. And I know Tom Brady hasn't been the Tom Brady in the past. He hasn't been a top five quarterback this season. He hasn't. Even though he got voted into the Pro Bowl because his name is Tom Brady and he has five rings and he's married to a a supermodel. That has not been the Tom Brady we've seen this year though. That's the problem. However, that doesn't mean you underestimate Tom Brady come playoff time because even in some of his worst games, he still finds ways to win. In fact, uh, you know what? I think this is a great point. Chiefs, uh, excuse me, uh, Chargers and Patriots. The last time these two teams played in the playoffs, it was the AFC Championship game in 2008, the 2007-08 season. And in that AFC Championship game, this was uh, the game where the Patriots won and advanced to 18-0. Now, obviously, they couldn't go 19-0, but in that 18, the game where it let them go 18-0, Tom Brady threw three interceptions. That was the worst of any game that year for him during that almost undefeated run for New England. But the Patriots still found a way to win. So my point is, even though Brady's not a top-five quarterback this year, come playoff time... Can you really just underestimate the guy? He is Tom Brady, and I get it. The Patriots have not always reached the AFC Championship game, and they have not always won the AFC Championship game, but at the end of the day, it is a safer bet to say that Tom Brady is going to win. 
and that Tom Brady, even though he hasn't been a top five QB this year, he'll probably play like one come playoff time. So I want it to be the Patriots coming to Arrowhead. I want that matchup. I want the Chiefs to beat the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl. And here's the other thing. I I think you fans should want that too, and here's why. Lots of Chiefs fans were complaining this week about national disrespect, which I don't know if I agree with that because a vast majority of the national media, according to NFL Pick Watch, they picked the Chiefs to win against the Colts. So I'm not quite sure where that comes from, this whole national disrespect. I, I, I get it. People probably thought it'd be a smart pick because of history and all. Uh, but still, a lot of people still pick the Chiefs to win. If you want to be favored in the Super Bowl, beat the Patriots. Fans want uh, Chiefs fans apparently don't like it when they're uh, when they're being voted against in games. So if you want to be the heavy favorites in the Super Bowl, if the Chiefs beat the Patriots. I think a lot of people would be inclined to favor the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That's my pick. I want a Chiefs-Patriots matchup for those reasons right there. Let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Farzine Twitter.com slash Farzine21. Email me, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, and Podbean. Share it with your friends as well. Hit the share button and spread the word for the Chiefs Zone Podcast. We will do a Facebook Live video for the Chargers and Pats game, and we will do a podcast recapping the Chargers and Patriots game as that will set up the AFC Championship game. It will determine who will play the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. My name is Farzi Vasugi, and thank you all for joining me on this episode and appreciate all of you guys who join in for the Facebook Live videos. We'll do it again on Sunday, so join me for that. Plus, on Monday, we'll recap the game between the Chargers and the Patriots. And then on Tuesday, Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest joins us. And then Thursday, we will preview the game between the Chiefs and Patriots. AFC Championship game. And Charles Goldman from Chiefs Wire will join us. Talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.